Hey guys, Rick here. This is a replay of the Jock Market Power Hour that we did on Wednesday. This got really great reviews when I posted uh, the replay last week as well, so I'm going to continue to do that. If you've never heard of Jock Market, it is Stock Market DFS. It's kind of building out a really great niche and a really great space in the fantasy world. It's a lot easier to win than some of your more traditional fantasy sites, and you can uh, invest in golfers and other athletes over the course of just one day so it's a lot of fun and uh, I highly encourage you to join us over there Uh, if you have not signed up yet the code that you want to use to get a $20 deposit bonus is power 20 that'll give you a $20 deposit bonus and yeah it's just a lot of fun we talk through strategy for the week and because you can buy and sell during the tournament it is still relevant and we do chat through um, you know, some, some strategy and things like that for not only this week and the, ne- the next couple of days, but also for all week. So uh, I hope you enjoy as much as you did last week and uh, best of luck in the jock market. Welcome to the Jock Market Power Hour. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is the Power Hour for this week's WGC Workday Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Joe Idoni. Joe, what's going on? What's good, man? I'm ready to roll. Uh, big, it's good. Nice to have us back in Florida, back in the home state <laughs> here. So we made the trip from your old coast over to my old coast, and right. we got a new course this week. So exciting stuff. We've got a new course, uh, and we assume we are going to have a lot of new viewers. This feels, and uh, we can see it growing week in and week out. So the way that this is going to work is for the next hour or so, Joe and I are going to talk you through the final IPO phase of the jock market for this week's uh, golf tournament. And if you've never heard of jock market if you are in the wrong spot you're lost welcome uh it's stock market dfs you're going to be able to bid on golfers then you're going to be able to trade them over the course of the of the four day tournament and it's a lot of fun and people are winning a lot of money and joe we're having an absolute blast with it absolutely yeah totally new sort of platform and idea out there they just started uh back off the restart in june and like you mentioned it's sort of stock market times uh, DFS golf. So it's a great opportunity for people to, I think, try this out. We have an awesome promo code down there below. If you're new to this and you want to get started with a free 20 bucks, uh, and we'll touch base on this later, but 20 bucks can go a long, long way in the jock market. It certainly can. And, um, I will, uh, at the bottom of the screen, I'll be running some, some tickers for big winners and big losers last week. And we'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, but Joe, I mean, this, this has been, uh, it's been a crazy week, obviously all of the tiger stuff. It is going to be exciting to get golf action, right. To be able to see what's going on, on the course, kind of, uh, see these guys in action for a couple of days, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So um, obviously we had the very bad news and I felt like today or late last night, as I should say, uh, brought good news in a sense that it was a glimmer of hope. Obviously, uh, it sounds like Tiger is going to be okay, which we were all hoping and praying for. So uh, now just hoping to turn the page and kind of uh, wish him all the best in his recovery and let's move forward with the uh, PGA Tour season. 
Let's do it. This is uh, an opportunity. This is a, a, an opportunity to to collaborate, to go back and forth. We've got Brian in the chat. If there are questions, if there are comments, if there are concerns, throw them in the chat. We'll get through as many as possible. And Brian, who is a staple here on the show, welcome, says uh, lots of big targets this week. Who do you think the highest IPO will be when all is said and done? Joe, we got this wrong last week. Uh, we got this wrong. So would we like to take take another crack at this? Okay. So I'm going to go Dustin Johnson again this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I was part of the reason why I, that was wrong last week. So um, look, he's playing the best golf. He's the number one player in the world. He should be the highest uh, owned in terms of the IPO price point this week. But we'll have to wait and see. Last week was the big shocker when John Rahm kind of overtook him in the final minutes. And ironically enough, uh, both of them actually paid off their closing IPO price pretty well. So you could have gone did. well with either one. They did. They both turned you a profit. John Rom closed at $11. Dustin Johnson at $10.59. We still have John Rom holding the record for highest IPO at $12.51. That was, I believe, American Express week uh, was that week, Joe. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, we, we can talk to the field a little bit here, Joe. I mean, this is every single player in the top 10. It's 73 players and there's no cut. So I want to I want to kind of talk about how that is going to impact some of the in-game trading because these guys you know they're not dead on friday afternoon or whatever like they, they can certainly make a move on the weekend absolutely and especially the the bigger names at the top i mean we've seen it enough times where you let these guys kind of linger around in a golf tournament particularly now with no cut and they tend to the cream tends to rise by sunday afternoon i mean rom was a great example last week where uh seemingly he did not have his best stuff through three days uh, played reasonably well. I don't even think he had his A plus game on Sunday either, but played reasonably well. And then you you blink, you look up, and he's T six, and he's paying off four dollars a share. So um, yeah. I would look for many of that. You know, we have some interesting names at the very bottom of the board, which I'm not so familiar with. A lot of guys coming over from not only Europe but from overseas in the Japan tour and stuff like that. That you always get in these WGCs. Uh, which makes it a very strong field at the top, but could also suggest that it may be a very weak field at the very bottom. You know, those bottom nine guys there, I'm kind of, you know, sort of crossing off in terms of, of, you know, I just don't know enough about them. I mean, you probably are more plugged in than I am with those guys. Some of them, some of them I've never heard of in my entire life. So <laughs> I'm not even going to try to act like I have, but it, it is interesting, right? Because, and we're going to talk about this when we get into the pricing for this week, uh, but that the, the no cut aspect ends the facts that the bottom right 10, 12 guys are pretty much unknowns. I would expect those bottom guys to go very cheap over the course of the next hour or so when this when this IPO closes just before 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm wondering if there are going to be, I don't want to call them bottom feeders, but Joe, are you going to be down at the bottom of this thinking, oh, I don't know, a dollar and 50 cents for some guy I've never heard of. That might be worth it this week. You never know, right? Uh, like, I don't know enough about those very guys at the very bottom that I think I'm going to be interested in, but kind of interesting. And a couple of people have pointed this out, and, and you may notice it when you open up the sort of uh, page later, but there was a little bit of a, a, a sort of a glitch in uploading the players this week that Jock Market uh, has, and they've got like six, seven guys listed. Um, if you open up your Jock Market app now, you'll see a GTD sticker beside their name. I think that stands for Game Time Decision. Those guys are not in the field. So interestingly enough, I think that that is going to provide a little additional value at the very bottom of the board because you've got six guys listed that are going to finish in the bottom six spots. 
because they aren't playing. So really the guy who finishes dead last this week is going to finish seven spots from last. So, you know, they kind of put themselves in a little bit of a compromised position. And I think that we are all here together as this jock market community of players to to maybe take a little advantage of it this week. I'm here so, for it. So what you're telling me is there's even more of an advantage this week than most. And I think, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going just I, I don't have the designation in front of me on this tool, but I'm going off of who I know is in this field or not. So I think the guys you're talking to are probably Corey Connors, who is not yep. in this field. Uh, Streelman's not in this field. Yep. Siwoo Kim. Yep. Ricky Fowler, Fowler, Henley, Fratelli, Fratelli, uh, Matt wow. Wallace, Ches Reeby, Adam okay. Long. There's like nine There's guys lot. there that uh, you know are obviously going to the very bottom. Do not bid on those guys because they are going to close the very bottom. But I think that elevates everyone else's status up a little bit in terms of, you know, the guy who finishes last usually finishes last. The guy who finishes last in the tournament this week is actually going to finish nine spots from last. So there is a little bit of value down the board there. Kind of an interesting little wrinkle that they threw yeah. into the equation this week. Um, but we'll talk through it. This this looks like the alternate uh the alternate set because I know Spieth is the third alternate. I know Ricky Fowler is like the second or third alternate. So I think mm-hmm. that's what happened here, which makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. There, there was, uh, I wanted, there was a question here from rich that I think is kind of interesting. And uh, you mentioned it, Joe, historically at the stroke play WGCs, um, stars win it studs win it a top 10 yeah. player in the world wins it 10 of the last 14 times but it's a weird year we don't have fans we've seen kind of coke rack defeat a field that uh you know we thought he shouldn't have contended in max homa won at riviera last week and we were saying hey the cre- cream is going to rise to the top at riviera yeah. is there a surprise winner that might be coming from further down the board this week to to take on that full 25 dollar a share price by the by the time this is all said and done I think it's possible. And the reason I think so is because you look down the board and those guys who are in that 50 to 1, 80 to 1 range, um, there's some big names there. And there's guys who have won major championships. There's guys who have won big tournaments. There's guys who are coming in uh, in good forms. To answer your sort of question, Rich, I have kind of two uh, pinpointed in that range for myself. And one is Matt Fitzpatrick who played well last week, who you, anytime you put him on Bermuda grass is, has one of the biggest drastic splits and sort of uh, an advantage for him on Bermuda grass. I know that he's kind of made his home base up here in North Palm. Um, so he's played a lot of Florida golf recently. And the other one is Sergio. Look, Sergio, mm-hmm. I think, is is perpetually undervalued, whether it be on the betting board, whether it be in DraftKings, whether it be in the jock market. Um, 80 to 1 this week is, is sort of his odds. He's played very well and has a great track record in Florida, and he is driving the hell out of the ball right now. In his two European tour stops, he was number one in driving. He was hitting it really before he went over there. Uh, close your eyes, Serge, make a couple putts, and we'll see where things shake out this week. And we'll see what happens. You know, it, it is um, it is interesting because this is a kind of a chaos week for me. You know, it's a brand new course that nobody really knows what the heck we're going to get ourselves into. We're making a lot of assumptions. We're making a lot of educated guesses. And, you know, with the the no fans, we're continuing to doing that. Like, this is just chaos. I, I think that more likely this this event than a lot of other events, we might get a weird winner. I don't know who that's going to be, and I don't know how much more likely it is, but it feels like we might get a weird one, if that makes sense. I think so. And let me ask you, Rick, do you think the winning score is more likely to be minus 12 or minus 20? Like, is it going to play hard or is it going to like play kind of easy? What do you think there? 
I think it's closer to 12. Uh, okay. From from what I understand, uh, it it is it's going to be relatively firm and fast. It's kind of a big boy course. There's there's water lurking, I believe, on 12 holes, and I think the only two courses that have water in play on more holes are Sawgrass and and uh, PGA National are are the two that I believe that I found. Um, so I think that there are so also some big numbers. I think that with some of the elevated greens and the runoffs, um, there's going to be a lot of holes where par is a good score. So I'm I'm kind of expecting. A similar situation to Riviera last week, that 11, 12 okay. number. If they go out and scorch it at 20, I'd be really impressed. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there. The only thing is it's kind of the first stop and the first run through this super attendant in this setup. So um, I think in general terms, I feel like anytime a course is hosting an event for the first time, there maybe have the caution flags up a little bit and they don't want to lose control of the course and have them never want to return. Uh, and have the players never want to come back. So sometimes they, you know, maybe a little bit easier pin locations. Maybe they don't mow down quite as much right around the greens and some of those runoffs. But, you know, it's a Nicholas course. And, you know, we have some Nicholas courses on record, especially one down here in Florida that consistently plays very tough. Obviously, I have Mirrorfield Village, which always plays very tough. So um, I expect it to be a very fair test. And I'm interested to see how things kind of play out. All right, here's an interesting question here from from Augur, who says, you showed how well the big dogs have fared in terms of ROI. Why go for long shots? Well, let's look at this. So I've been compiling, and you guys can access this yourselves, the full, every single cash market that has ever been done on jock market is in this database. And you can go back. I think I think we're up to 15 now, Joe, which, by the way, that's awesome, right? Like, yeah. like I like yeah. I can't believe we're 15 into this, but like how cool, how cool is that? Um, and and what I show so what I tweeted out and what I assume this question is in regards to is I, I just sorted this by average IPO. So basically the studs, right? And I'm looking at some of their at their at their average returns. And John Rahm in his eight cash markets is returning on average 23.8%. And if you click his name, you can see his results. And Justin Thomas as well, he's in that 27% range. It's no surprise that Dustin Johnson has been just absolutely scorching hot. Uh, any Anywhere you get him, he pays off. But then you see guys like Bryson and Webb who are historically losers in the in the cash market, Joe, in the jock market. And I wonder if, if there's any surprises on this list, if, if this data tells us anything or if we should just realize that it's kind of week to week. First of all, I think the data is incredible. It's awesome to see this. Um, find me another place where you can make 20% returns on your money on like 11 of 14 guys in four days. There isn't one. This It's an incredible opportunity this presents. I think more and more people are being sort of hip to it. Obviously, Bryson stands out there as being a little bit shocking, but he just hasn't played well lately. I think Matt Wolf was another one down the list that stood out to me because he kind of yeah, played right so here. well into that run-up before they had it. Look, Matt Wolf hasn't returned to profit yet. Wow, uh, I did not notice that. <laughs> we know the upside that that he can kind of carry and when he's on, but you know, you look at these things and when players start to get a little bit off and they come into it with maybe an inflated value of, of sort of previous months and events leading up to it that necessarily there wasn't a market for, um, that's why you see this. But if you look down this list, the majority of these guys, I'd say probably 65 to 70% of these guys are all in the green. There's incredible opportunities here. Uh, to make money, to make profit, and of course, have a little fun doing it. Look at Cam Smith, 
on average in eight cash markets. Okay, so now I want to flip the script. So instead yeah. of instead of sorting this by average IPO, let's just sort it by average ROI. And we're probably going to get a couple guys who only have one cash market. Yeah, we are. But like, look at so so why would you go and look for um, some of these cheaper guys? Well, let's look at Carlos Ortiz. Carlos Ortiz has played in nine cash markets. He's averaging a four dollar and thirty five cent IPO, and he has returned you a profit in five of those nine, including the big win in Houston. So I mean, this is a perfect perfect example of why you might want to be investing in some of these guys that are cheaper, even though the studs are paying off. These guys are also paying off to a pretty significant clip. Yeah, hundred percent. There's guys you can go all the way down the list and seek value. Um, I think the, what stood out to me the most within your tweet is just those, those guys at the top and how consistent they have been. So one of those guys I wanted, you know, I kind of did a little, did a little math and a little bit of research using your data that's up there for free on rickrungood.com. So Xander Shoffley, right? Okay. Pull up Xander. Let's get Xander up here. So here he is. Let's say when you started this thing, you threw in a hundred bucks. We gave you a free 20. You put that $120 <laughs> week one in the cash market on Xander. And you took those profits every week and kept reinvesting it week after week, every week, just on Xander Shoffley. I'm just trying to illustrate a point here. $120. What is that? Seven cash markets later. You have yep. any idea how much money you'd be up to now? Um, this is like the compounding interest question. Yes. So I, like, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot. $4,024. Oh and that's okay. just Xander Shoffley. Like it just illustrates the opportunity that's out there with this app and this platform. Um, it's incredible what these guys are doing and the amount of returns consistently you're seeing uh, from guys from the very top of the board to the very bottom. So I actually think that's kind of interesting. And I, and I, I want to ask you what kind of, are, are you doing this? Are you, because listen, golf is a very volatile sport, right? I think we understand that Xander's awesome, that Dustin Johnson is awesome, but everybody's going to have a good weeks and everybody's going to have bad weeks, kind of a way to almost, um, mitigate some of that risk and tap into some of that upside is to take Xander and say, you know what, for the next five cash markets, like here's, here's my Xander money. Here's my hundred dollars for Xander. And if he, if, if I lose half of it in week one, I'll reinvest it in week two. Are, are you, are you actively tracking this yourself? Is this a strategy that you're deploying? I'm not necessarily doing that by just playing the same guy every week. I'm trying, you know, I, 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 try my best and we do we put in so much work in terms of research and analyzing stuff every week that I like to think that I have a little bit of an edge in sort of picking and choosing my guys um but that said those returns sort of speak for themselves and there is some validity to that the beauty of it is there's so many different lanes that you can take with this thing um that you choose what's best for you and the majority of them are paying off and i think that's why we have so many people live here in the chat and so many people uh joining this this sort of platform so if you've just just joined us, this is the final 30 minutes or so of the IPO phase, the bidding phase for golfers for this week's WGC workday at or around nine o'clock, usually a couple of minutes before the IPO phase is going to close and your shares are going to be distributed based on those bids. And then we're going to be in the live trading market where you can buy and sell these golfers over the course of the final or the four days, the next four days of this golf tournament. So that's what's happening here. Uh, you can use the code power 20 to sign up to get a $20 deposit bonus, which Joe, you know, it, it is funny. Sometimes it's like, Oh, tw uh, 20 bucks. Like, is it worth 20 bucks? Well, 
Well, that's probably going to be two shares of the most expensive golfer tonight, right? Like that's probably what we're looking at. It'll be very interesting. I wonder what your thoughts are on it. Do you think with the shortened sort of shortened WC field that we see these top guys close around the normal spot, the 10 to $12 range, or do you think, you know, not having 150 guys in the field and, and you only have, what'd you say, 72 and you can kind of cross off those bottom 10. Do you think that anyone crosses that $12 and, and creeps into 13, 14, 15 bucks this week? I don't know. I don't, well, I don't think so. What I think we're going to get, and I'm trying to find the data. What if it was just a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was Sony or remember there was a week where we had like five guys who were over $10. Yes. Maybe it was last, well, last week there was four, but I think there was a week that maybe it was, I think it may have been waste management. Maybe it was, it was, here we go. So, okay. That was when John Ron went for $12 and 51 cents. And also we had six golfers over $10. That to me, I think is closer to what I expect. I think, I think the top 10 players in the world are going to be within maybe a dollar or two of each other. And they're going to be up there at the top and it's going to be kind of spread out. And then we're going to see, if I had to guess a Dustin Johnson close at like 11, 1150 or something like that. I think you're right there. I mean, the interesting part is, you know, the the 12 guys this week are going to pay out $10 or more. So, you know, I think like you said, we're probably going to see five to six of them close above that line. Um, That's probably a good prediction. I think Uh, before I get into, you know, what the actual uh, prices for this week are, uh, there was a question in the chat that I wanted to get to here about a very specific golfer. And it is, it is Gary Woodland. And it's funny that he's kind of the first guy that we're diving into because he's been kind of bad. Joe, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't know how much confidence we have in, in, in Gary Woodland at this point, but, um, it's not coming from this side of the table. I can tell you that. But, but where, like, I would say my counterpoint to that is like, if you look a little bit deeper, where specifically has he been bad? And last week it was one category that stuck out sort of like a sore thumb and it was the putting. I think he lost like eight strokes putting. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, he's he's Delray Beach's own down here in Florida, comes back home, maybe a little familiar territory to him, um, tends to play the Honda pretty well. I know some people are using that as a comp. I took a little outright stake on Gary Woodland. He was 140 to one. So I threw a couple bucks on it. It's a huge number. Um, I think it may be a little bit windy. I think it's a good setup for Gary. Um, I'll be interested to just see where his closing price is. But um, he was a guy, you know, when he had his first couple starts back that he played pretty well out of the gates. Then everyone kind of hopped on him. Then he struggled a little bit. Now everyone's kind of off of him. So that's kind of the way this this sort of jock market works is buy low and sell high, right? Buy low and sell high. That's the name of the game. Let's look at the prices for this week's WGC Workday Championship. Drum roll, please. Our current most expensive golfer in the jock market is none other than that man. It's John Rahm. He's $6 at the moment with Tony Finau at $5.75. Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Thomas all at $5.55. A couple of things that are noteworthy here because I know we've got a lot of new viewers. I know we have a lot of new listeners and obviously this price is going to continue to go up but let's assume john rom sells and closes this ipo phase for six dollars what you are essentially asking him to do is finish 28th or better now obviously that's going to go up we expect john rom to get what joe into the into the double digits 10 11 so you're essentially going to look to see if you're an investor 
can John Rom finish in the top 10? That's basically the name of the game. Right. So an important thing to remember as well about this IPO phase is this price right now is fluid and it's by no means locked. Once this yeah. IPO closes, that's when that price locks. So you can't put in for 10 shares of John Rom now at $6 a share and think you're going to be rewarded those shares. Um, he's going to be rewarded to the highest bidder when this IPO closes. So I w- what I tend to tell people to do, and my advice is usually is create a target price for the player that you are comfortable paying for him. Uh, put in a couple shares of that now so that you have that within your holdings and then monitor it and put those notifications on. And as this next uh, anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes ticks away, keep an eye on that price and make sure that if you want him, you have a high enough bid to get him. The other big thing that you want to make sure you are aware of is this projected rank. This is the pre-rank. This is the way that ties are broken. If there are two guys tied for third, the better payout will go to the one who ranks higher. And I want to read you the top five guys in the rankings, Joe, and you tell me, Uh, If you like this order, if you hate this order and who you would have kind of put in here, but Justin Thomas breaks all ties. Justin Thomas is your number one pre-ranked golfer. Xander Shoffley is number two. Dustin Johnson is number three. John Rahm is four. And Webb Simpson is five. Your thoughts on this rank? I think they have the top four, right? I would probably put them in a little bit different order. I would have DJ and Rahm at the top and then JT Xander, but they have the top four, right? I, I, I wouldn't put Webb at fifth, uh, not in any sort of projection that I have going on. Is he is he actually, you know, I'll tell you right now, I have him 12th. So I'm not hugely high on Webb this week. I think that he doesn't necessarily um, belong there. But what's interesting about jock market, too, that's so different than like betting on a guy is there is like in a like much more value on a guy like Xander, on a guy like Finau, on a guy like Louie, um, guys who, you know, have this knack in this knock on them for not being able to close the deal and win oh, tournaments yeah. doesn't necessarily matter here. So if Finau finishes fourth, fourth, second in his last three events, he's still paying off huge versus if you had an outright bet on Tony Finau, you're wiped out all three of those weeks off three fantastic performances in great fields. Um, and as you can see here, he's still returning plenty of value. So that kind of goes out the door and they don't necessarily have to win uh, to reward you. Say what you will about Tony Finau not winning golf tournaments. He is a major winner in the jock market. He yeah. pays out in, in, in a huge way. I mean, the last three weeks alone, he's gone from $8.75 a share to $20 a share. He's gone from $8.88 to $18. And he's gone from $8.55 to $16. I mean, it's 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 really incredible stuff. I, I, I like to see uh, that exact point, which is even without a victory, you are able to find a way to pay off essentially is, is what's happening here. Um, question in the chat and Joe, maybe you know about this, but Chris wants to know about Lipsky who I'm assuming this is David Lipsky. I don't know much about him. I know he split time between, uh, he's played a lot of the corn Ferry tour last year. I think he won once, maybe twice. He played well on the corn Ferry. I think he spends a bit of time on the Euro tour. Uh, I don't know much about him, but if there were guys who are down in that range, Joe, like, you know, if I'm ranking those last 12 guys, Lipsky's probably towards the top of those 12. I would agree there. You're right. I don't know enough about him and follow him closely enough to really give you uh, an informed, totally informed opinion here, Chris. Um, But I would definitely rank him. uh, I have him ranked above most of those other like nine guys at the bottom. I think that he may have been in the sort of uh, championships that Bryson won, the NCAA championships, and had a good finish. I'm not sure if that's him or another guy in the field, but don't have a strong take necessarily on Lipsky this week. 
I want to talk about uh, kind of the Euros in a broader sense because this is, you know, uh, the the 73-player field and a lot of people, there's there's a combination of a lot of guys people don't know and then a lot of guys we have not seen in a while. Like, I'm I'm very much on record this week as being like a a Terrell Hatton backer in the biggest way. I I really love this spot for him and I also like it for the jock market where this is entirely sentiment-based. This is entirely, like, for lack of a better phrase, put your money where your mouth is, right? Like that's literally what we're doing here in the IPO phase. And uh, for a guy like Hatton, who has not been here in America, here in the States, he's kind of just like, there's there's a percentage of people who, who don't even know he's been playing and he's been playing great, Joe. So th- this is really an opportunity. I think, I think the Euro guys, the, the vast majority of them, the guys who have been playing, but nobody really knows about it. I think there's built-in value this week. Absolutely. And there have been some, uh, it's not like your typical, you know, there's parts of the season where the Euro Tour tends to wind its way down and the fields aren't necessarily strong over there. The fields have been incredibly strong the last couple of weeks. So if you see a guy that's finishing top 10 over there in Saudi and Dubai, um, you know, a lot of the big boys traveled over there from the U.S. Like you said, it's like um, they're, they're, we're easy to forget about these guys, right? And how well Terrell Hatton played through the Florida swing uh, last year. And he's just in an interesting spot on the odds board. I'll be interesting to see where his price goes because I definitely have him sort of on my hot list. But what, where do you like align him? Like align him this week with a comparative American player for me. Like let's say Hatton or Brooks. Like Hatton or Brooks, who do you give the advantage uh, to between those two this week? Because that's kind of like I'm very much between those two guys in that range. Yeah, pr- probably st- still Brooks for me. I mean, I mean, neither of them are the epitome of consistency, uh, quite frankly. Uh, so, so don't get me wrong there. But that might be good in the jock market. But like I, I put Hatton ahead of uh, Webb Simpson. I think he's very, I think he's very much on par with Daniel Berger, right? Like where where Berger's kind of got that winning upside that we've now seen twice in the restart. Hatton has won. I don't have it in front of me, like four of his last 24 worldwide starts. Like the guy's a closer and one of them is the Arnold Palmer invitational. So, um, that's, that's kind of where I put him is, is, is amongst the Daniel Burgers. That would be a really hard decision for me to break but I like him more than Patrick Reed, right? Like that's kind of where I have him slotted in. Got it. Cool. Uh, let's pull this back here. So let's get the prices back up here and, and kind of talk through. So, so I mean, so uh, we've got the only guy who has, you know, not the only guy, but like the, the, the experience that anybody wants to talk about is Bryson's 2015 NCAA championship that he won here at the concession. And there were a couple other guys who played in that event, but, uh, Bryson wins it. And I don't know if it matters because that's a completely different version of Bryson DeChambeau, but he's coming off of a, a, a missed cut Joe. And so is Justin Thomas. And so is Roy McElroy. And I don't know if we have enough data on this yet in the jock market about how these missed cuts are impacting, um, pricing the next week, but, what we've seen is that at least on the PGA tour missing cuts doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, Brooks wins off of three missed cuts in a row. Patrick Reed uh, wins off of a missed cut. Daniel Berger wins off of a missed cut. Like does missed cuts even matter? I think we could be in a spot with Bryson where we've hit the floor. Um, essentially in terms of his jock market value, you see that he was of those top 20 guys sort of on your board there in terms of IPO price probably has the worst return of all of them. So I think we may be at that point. Look, I do put some stock in. I know many people are saying that um, it's worth something, right? The guy's coming back to a place where he's played in tournament conditions before and he's won. Like 
that's not worth nothing to me. Like I'm not willing to completely write that off and just ignore it because it was five years ago. Now, how much is it work? How much is it worth? Depends on you. But like, if I'm putting it in an odds perspective, I, I would say, you know, coming to a place where he's probably the only player in the field or one of the very few that are familiar with how this course is going to play in tournament conditions over four days. Is that worth a point off the odds board? Probably. He's coming back to a place where he at least has good vibes. He knows that the last time he was here, he hoisted up a trophy at the end of Sunday afternoon. Is that worth a point? Probably. So, you know, I, I'm looking for maybe this is a floor spot to buy Bryson. You know, he he's what, like seventh on the list there right now in terms of IPO price. So I think a lot of yeah. people are thinking the same thing. Uh, the other angle that I think is is noteworthy, and I'll, I'll refresh the board here, is the idea that uh, the newcomers, the inexperienced guys, the guys that every single week on the PGA Tour, they go to a course that they have not played before. It's Colin Morikawa, it's Matthew Wolf, it's Will yeah. Torres, it's those guys, right? Every single every single week, it's brand new. They've got to get the greens book out. They got to map it out. They got to do everything. Um, as opposed to Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, they've got years and years and years of, of knowledge built in. So what about those young guys? Do we give them the extra nod? You're talking about, hey, there's a there's a point for Bryson because he had success here. Is there a point for guys who I guess are not as at a disadvantage that they normally are, if that's the way to put it. Absolutely. I put something, I give them something like it's worth something. Um, the, like you said, there's guys that they're showing up to an event this week and they maybe have one year worth of, of experience in the memory bank. And they're going up against guys with 20 to 25 years uh, that have been coming back to the same event that have notes that have books. Um, you know, I keep notes every tournament uh, in terms of of trying to make these selections and trying to narrow things down, I have a really good database that I've been building for three or four years. But when I come to an event like this week uh, where I have no data, I have no notes from last year to look back on, it makes it harder to sort of prepare. Um, so I think the same thing happens in PGA Tour events. So they're coming into this event. The Colin Morikawa's, the Victor Hovland's, the Scotty Scheffler's basically at an even playing field. Uh, and they don't often get that, uh, you know, because they're so new. We have our first golfer uh, who has snapped through single digits and is now into double digits. Don't look. Don't look. Right, do you want to take a guess at who it is? I just saw it. I cheated. Aww. I looked. It's John Rahm, isn't it? It's John Rahm. He's at $10. $3 clear. $3 clear. Uh, why do you think this is? So so listen, don't get me wrong. I, I love John Robb. I think he's phenomenal. I think he plays well, especially at, at difficult golf courses. He did beat. He did end up beating Dustin Johnson last week, right? So I, I get it. But Dustin Johnson is very clearly the best player in the world. And it's I'm not sure it's all that close. Uh, and it doesn't mean Rom is bad. But why do you think? It, because again, this is sentiment based. People seem to just like John Rom more. I know it's interesting and I don't know what's necessarily going into it. I mean, I, it's not, it's no shocker that I rank Dustin Johnson higher than him, but uh, if I'm going to make a point for Rom, it's, it's, he's just been so consistent and he doesn't have bad finishes and DJ it's weird. What's weird about DJ to me is, you know, he lives up here in Jupiter, right? That's where he makes his home. He lives here year round. He doesn't play Florida ever. Like the last time he played an actual event in Florida, besides the players, you've got to go back to like 2013 when he played the Honda. Um, he doesn't play the API. He doesn't play Valspar. He doesn't play Hunt. So it, it's strange to me that he kind of um, elects to play the majority of his tournaments early in the season 
on the West Coast when this is where he makes his home. But maybe it's something about this area where he just doesn't play well. But but these guys are going to catch. These guys are going to catch Rom here over the next yeah. 10 minutes. He, and, and here here's the guy that I can already see that is uh, has to be on the move at some point. It's Patrick Cantlay. You know, th- this is... This is a gift and a curse when you're as good as Patrick Cantlay for for guys like us, Joe. Where uh, and yeah. I actually got this question earlier in my live chat, and it was like, why why haven't you talked about Patrick Cantlay? It's like, what am I supposed to say? He's awesome, and he's awesome every single week. And we talk a lot about guys that are struggling or guys that are really hot, and he's just really really good every single week. And it's almost like he's so good he gets overlooked because it's it's built in, it's normal for him to finish inside the top ten or the top fifteen. A hundred percent. That's a very good way to put it that you put there, because like we look for guys who really stand out in one area when we're trying to make a point to sort of back them. And we say, oh, he's a really good Bermuda putter or this is a strokes game. You know, this is a big scrambling course. He's great at scrambling. He's just really good at everything. uh, And it kind of gets boring in a sense. So uh, he very much goes overlooked, but he's been consistently performing. He didn't have a great Sunday last week. But obviously, the two times he teed it up before that, you know, write his name in the course record. Yeah, that's that's a pretty uh, pretty good way to put it. Um, so as we get closer here to nine o'clock on the East Coast, the IPO phase is going to close, and all of your bids are going to be uh, distributed as shares, assuming you are the high bidder. In a couple of minutes, we're going to set Joe free. We're going to let say, okay, Joe have at it, get on your phone, start doing your bids. Uh, but before we really lose him for a couple of minutes. How many guys you eyeing up, Joe? What's what what how's it shaping up so far as we are probably eight to nine minutes through this? Like we're eight, eight or nine minutes away from this closing out. I know. I'm eyeing up a lot, like I always am. Uh, my eyes are lighting up, but I feel like, you know, last week I, I did make a profit, but it wasn't as much as I thought because I took again, I think I took too many guys. So I keep falling sort of into this same trap going to try to narrow it down this week. I feel like we have a little bit of extra value with some of those guys at the very bottom that we mentioned earlier. Um, and and they, look, there's just so many big names here. I want them all, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, here's one. Rick is looking thick tonight, which I think <laughs> is a good thing. I, I think it's, I don't know. Is that, is, do you, I, do, this hat reminded me of Ches Reevy. I liked that about it. I think and like, I, did you hit a little uh, pre-workout before the show today? Oh, am I looking a little, rolled up a little up? bit? Did a couple <laughs> of push-ups before we went hot. Um, all right. So we are seeing John Rom continue that $10 number or he was 10.01 last time we checked in. He's now $10.08. So he's moving. Tony Fina, I was making a move. Patrick Cantley still at that $6 number going a little bit further. Uh, real quick. I just want to get uh, your thoughts on some of these lower guys here, because here's another guy. Here's another, you know, you mentioned Matthew Fitzpatrick earlier, Tommy Fleetwood's a Euro who has been playing on the European tour and he's been playing just fine. He's $4, you know, anybody down kind of in this range, whether it's, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Na. Do we trust Matthew? Well, I mean, Jason Day. Jason Day had a top 10 finish the last time he played. He's down here in this range. Anybody you're looking to buy? You're right. I think Fleetwood is one guy that I certainly have circled. I just, he's one of those guys I've always rooted for. Incredible stats if you look through the years at the Honda, which obviously we've comped four straight, uh, like top 20 finishes over there in Europe before last week. He seems to be the guy who's 66, 67, 68, and then he has one round where he shoots two over par. If he can eliminate that one round, I think he's going to go really well and he could potentially win. We saw him play pretty well at the Masters the last time we kind of saw him over here. 
year too with a little bit of resurgence in the iron play. So I'm looking for ball strikers. I'm looking for guys who are going to be able to hit uh, small, not necessarily small green services, but small landing areas, I think is is yeah. something that is very big on these Nicholas courses with the runoffs and the different um, levels to the greens. If Lonto Griffin does not get over like $5.50 in the next five <laughs> minutes, something criminal has happened uh, because the, the guy, you know, and, and there's, there's a great question in the chat and then Joe, we're going to let you, we're going to let you get, get out of here and we're going to let you go to work. Um, there's a, a good question from Brady about any other comp courses. And, and I think that you were mentioning this earlier. The I think the Florida swings uh, courses are good comps. The Bermuda courses in Florida that can play difficult. I think that's all good. But how about these uh, other events, the CJ cup, the, the, the Zozo championship, the other times that you get, it's not a course comp. It's like a tournament comp where you get 70 of the best players in the world in a no cut format. How much are you looking into that comp as well? You know, it's a great point because you have a guy down there in Justin Thomas who Xander gets all this love for kind of being the no-cut king. JT is that dude in no-cut events. Second, first, sixth, first, third, seventh, first. is like he shows up to these events and no-cuts in these WGCs and both out. So um, there's definitely guys who, who have a tendency to play better. You can't ignore it in these type of circumstances. Justin Thomas invented the no cut King. Xander Shoffley is just like the no cut Prince at this point. Uh, yes. It's, it's pretty crazy. Okay, Joe, uh, fire up the phone. We are probably four or five minutes away from this IPO closing. So right before nine o'clock, usually a couple of minutes before, um, this is going to close and all of your bids are going to be allocated as shares of golfers. And now normally what we do around this time is we let Joe do his thing so that we can see all the shares that he ha has uh, afterwards and we can mock him and we, we can ridicule him <laughs> about who he ended up buying. So that's the phase that we are in right now. And I'm going to take you down the home stretch. So let me give a, a refresh to our tool and make sure that I've got all the correct data here. Because John Ra or Dustin Johnson is indeed closing the gap on John Rahm. And this is when the chat gets really quiet because everybody's got their head down in their phone, trying to make sure they get their bids in. And I see John Rahm continues to hold tight at $10.08. What you're asking him to do at $10.08 is essentially finish 11th or better. 11th would pay out $10.50 per share. Uh, 12th would pay out $10 a share. So even if he finishes 20th, you would not lose everything on John Rom. You would just lose uh, a couple of dollars per share. Dustin Johnson at $8.50. At the current moment, what you're asking him to do is finish 16th or better. Obviously, his is odds are much better to finish inside the top 10, for example, than what that uh, what that percentage is, is being indicated in the jock market. We are, we are seeing a little bit of movement on Patrick Cantlay. He's now up 45 cents to $6.45. We are seeing very little love for Rory McIlroy. So I'll give us a refresh here in a second, but Rory McIlroy is still at $6. Do you think Rory McIlroy is going to finish inside the top 27 of a 73-man field? If you do, you should be paying more than $6 for Rory McIlroy. Sung J.M. coming off of a two-week hiatus, a hibernation, uh, never goes two weeks without playing, 
is going to tee it up this week. He's $5.51. We're seeing some of the younger golfers, Scotty Scheffler coming in at $5, Joaquin Neiman, $5.35. And as expected, the Euros are kind of bringing up the back end of this. The Sammy Valamakis, the David Lipskis, the Rafa Cabrera Bayos, Andy Sullivan. I'll tell you what, Andy Sullivan's been playing well. I'll tell you what, Rasmus Hogard at $2.94 uh, won on the European Tour last year, I believe. He is a high upside player. The results have not been as good recently. Robert, Robert McIntyre uh, has been excellent on the European Tour over the past couple of weeks. He's still hanging strong at $3.40. I'm going to give you a refresh here. Make sure that we have all of our numbers updated because we are probably <laughs> one to two minutes away from this IPO closing. And if you're going to miss out on shares, let's see. All right, now we're getting closer to those double digits. Early close. Oh my God, that was early. Early close. Oh man, that was super early. There's going to be a lot of values, I feel like. Jeez. Wow. All right, I'm going to give this a second, make sure I have the right numbers. But if if these numbers are what I think they are, uh, there's going to be money to be made this week. There's a ton of value this week. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me just make sure I have this right. Let me get on the same page here. Yeah. I think this is, uh, I think this is over. I think I got the updated numbers. Jeez, we're about, we're going to make a killing this week, fam. Uh, all right, boys. So here we go. I got John Rahm, most expensive golfer, $10 and eight cents. Yes, sir. Dustin Johnson, nine eighty-eight. We all, we did not get, we got one guy through 10. We only got four guys through nine and nobody in the eights. Joe, what, what happened? What was going on there? I don't know. I think a lot of people may have got caught uh, sort of holding the phone <laughs> uh, in the, the early IPO uh, kind of closed may have got some people. So uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm just still kind of digesting everything in front of me now and, and what happened. But yeah, these guys at the top are, I mean, Rory in the $7 range is unbelievable to see. Uh, this is bonkers. Th- this is this is really crazy because yeah, maybe people were wait, waiting the extra thirty seconds and it, and it bit them. But I mean, look. So John Rom at ten dollars and eight cents, which is going to be the cheapest John Rom has been in twenty twenty one. Um, so that is four markets. He has been more expensive than this. Is is pretty crazy. So he is essentially being asked to finish eleventh. Or better. I, I mean, I don't even have to look up his top ten numbers to know that it's better. <laughs> to know that it's better than that, Joe. And, yeah. And Dustin Johnson even cheaper. I, I mean, uh, w- I mean, what is what is most shocking that we didn't get more or that one specific guy? I mean, Rory seven dollars and eighty five. I think Bryson. it's all shocking. I mean, DJ this week. I think his his top ten odds were like minus one sixty. Um, at this rate, he at nine dollars and fifty cents, he's got to finish thirteenth or better to pay that off. Like. There's so much um, juice that was squeezed out of this little bit of IPO hour that I hope you all got as much as you possibly could and emptied the account this week because there's going to be some major, major profits. This sentiment here from Michael Van Veen, who says, I was expecting 8.58 close as early as. Yeah, that, uh, I think that goes uh, for a lot of people uh, from what I just saw. Um, you know, looking even further down, you know, Daniel Berger. Winner last time we saw him seven dollars and five cents. Your man Brooks Kepka seven oh seven. So 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 let's see this. So Berger at seven oh seven. I mean a top twenty, a top twenty in a seventy three man field right? for Daniel Berger. Are you kidding me? In Florida, like off a win, like come on. Wow, there is there is money to be made this week. I want to see what Lonto closed that. 
I got Lonto. I'll tell you. He closed okay, it let's out. go through. It goes to five. Yeah, close to five. Yeah, let's let's go through. Let's let's talk about who you ended up going with, and 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 uh, did you get outbid on anybody? And who were some of the guys that ended up making your portfolio for this week? So I got outbid on Sergio. Um, I did not get any Sergio Garcia, but I ended up with six guys that I feel uh, I feel really good about, and I feel like I all got them all at a good price, and I got a lot of shares of them all. Um, yeah, I got, got 50 shares, 50 shares, you say five, zero, five, zero, of okay. Justin Thomas. Wow. So you are on the JT. You are forgiving. You are forgetting everything that you have seen in the last week. And you are saying 50 shares of Justin Thomas at a price that is probably, let me see, uh, $9 so 14th or better to pay off. That's that what I was looking for. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, we obviously talked about it. The no cut King, his worst finish in like his last seven events is seventh in a no cut event. Uh, coming back to Florida plays tremendously well at the Honda was the number one ranked player. When I sorted by stats at PGA national in the field this week, um, just was out of sorts last week, but he is just, I think a lot of these, um, from what I've heard and I don't, pretend to be like a course expert but uh, from what i heard these par fives are long and there's going to be a lot of wedges in their hand i think that he's one of the best players in the world with a wedge i think he just struggled putting on that poa grass i'm hoping that the bermuda and the familiarity back here in florida um you know he's 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 been through a lot with obviously the loss of his grandfather and then you know getting the news from tiger broken to him uh kind of live on the air this week so yeah. i'm rooting for him hope he plays well I feel really good about him finishing 13th or better, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Certainly, so do I. Okay, 50 shares of Justin Thomas. What else you get? Okay, so I got Brooks, uh, nice. $7.07 a share. I have Adam Scott, who we didn't talk about, but is $5.10 a share. And I feel like he's very, very much slept on this week. Um, sure. People were very high on Adam Scott through the West Coast, but... Um, Look, if you just go to uh, whatever database you look for stats and you click Nicholas Golf Course Designer, Adam Scott's going to be the number one player throughout his career on there. He plays Nicholas courses incredibly well. He's a 2016 Honda champ, and I just feel like he was a little bit slept on. 29th guy uh, like in the pre-rankings, so that's not great, but I feel like he holds some value there. Uh, moving on, I have Lonto. My last three are Lonto. Um, I'm sorry. My last two are Lonto and Justin Rose. So I took okay. some Justin Rose this week at $4 and 76 cents, which, um, is crazy. He's basically got to finish in the top half of the field to pay that off. And he showed some good form over there in Europe coming off a couple good finishes. Uh, I think that he'll play very well. I think it should set up nicely for him. Okay, this is this is really cool. And actually, we have Jock Market chiming in here. So the way that that, that closing time happens, it's a random time within that 90-second window. So it looks like we were on that. Yeah, we were on that early end, which uh, it, it doesn't – 90 seconds just sounds like a very little amount of time. But like in practice, it's like, oh, my God, that's a lot of time. So maybe yeah, like totally. – uh, I, I feel like next week there's going to be so many bids earlier in the week because nobody's going to want to be that. Yeah, no, it's very cool that they do that. And I think the reason is, is so that people can't essentially cheat the system. Oh, of course. If you yeah, know when it's going to close, you're going to fire everything with two seconds left and, and everyone's going to get stuck right. with either a bunch of shares or no shares. And it'd be very frustrating for all of us as a community. So yeah. uh, that's the fair way to do it. 
have you ever tried to bid on anything on eBay and just get sniped oh. at the last second? Like it, this is yes. the best, this is the best way to do it. Um, I want to pull up the, the, uh, the rest of this and kind of go down towards the bottom. You know, you mentioned you got shares of Lonto, you got shares of Justin Rose. We're now in the sub $5 range. It's interesting to see, Two guys that I think are, are completely different in terms of sentiment right now. Ryan Palmer at $4.25, who has been a fantasy um, sweetheart uh, for, for an entire year. And then Matthew Wolf, who has just completely disappeared, are both coming in at $4.20. And I'll throw Max Homa into that list as well, Joe. All closing in that four and a quarter range. Um, is there one of these guys that you think is a better buy than, than the others? Uh, I would not be on Homa this week. I would tend to lean uh, Ryan Palmer, actually. I feel like he's a little bit slept on, and this should be a good setup for him, a very accurate driver of the golf ball. Um, he should play pretty well. He's he's um, kind of gone to that more of a fade now, and I think that Nicholas Course is always set up for famously for a fader. So um, you look at guys like him and Rom, and they typically go well together in, in simultaneous events. So you got your number one guy there up at the top of the board that we always see every week. Uh, if he plays well, usually Palmer plays well, it seems. What? Okay, before I flip to the second page, what are the chances that Jordan Spieth is like a dollar and 50 cents? Like, right? Like that someone bid up on Jordan Spieth. Like, are we going to get there and see that? Uh, I don't know. Yes, I mean, yes I knew it. $2.09. He's $2.09. He's not playing. <laughs> I don't get it. So funny story. I don't know if my dad's, I don't know if my dad's watching right now, but my dad's on the jock market now. I got him on. He may be watching the show and he tells me a funny story about when he was playing. It was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was at Pebble. And he's like, God, it's it's crazy getting down that electric final minute. And he was like, yeah. I wasn't wearing my glasses, and I was trying to just put all my shares on on Jordan Spieth. And and <laughs> he's typing in SP, and he thinks he's got all these shares of Jordan Spieth. And he comes back, and he bought them all of JJ Spawn. Oh no! <laughs> I had to laugh. I'm like, pops, you gotta have the glasses oh, on when you're making these picks. It goes the quick. last minute. Yeah, it goes so fast. You gotta have the glasses on coming down the street. And then of that... course, he finished like what top five and spot was an easy miss cut. Oh my god, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, wear your glasses, people. That's that's the takeaway for for this week. Uh, you know, looking at at the value at, at the value plays. You know, Cameron Champ is three dollars and two cents, and then kind of as we as we anticipated the bottom of of this of this range here is is essentially all the guys that we thought would be right it's it's the euro guys who who are unfamiliar it is the guys that are getting in from uh, you know whatever tour that they are are qualifying for so um this is not really all that much of a surprise on the second page is it yeah absolutely i think um you know robert mcintyre kind of sticks out to me i know a lot of people have kind of been very high on him and looking to yeah. pop he seems like he was relatively cheap so well in a field like this i'm not really sure you know he doesn't have a ton of history playing over here um but yeah i mean i just think that you can essentially isolate any spot of the board this week in terms of ipo price and find one or two guys in there that that should present you with a good opportunity to return some profit paul wants to know if there's a, a video that has been made on how to play jock market uh and do I rec or do I recommend one? The answer is yes, both. So there is yeah. a a video uh, from the summer. It is entitled. It's on the Rick Rungard YouTube channel. It's entitled "If Golfers Were Stocks." And then there is also a uh, an interview I did with Dave from Jock Market, which gives you a lot of idea of kind of the behind the scenes and how it all works, and a little bit of strategy as well. And then there are tutorial videos out there. So yeah, pl plug in 
Jock Market into YouTube, you'll probably find plenty of stuff to look at and send me a message if you need me to send you the direct links. Um, in game this week, Joe, I think is going to be really is, is going to be really important. So I want to illustrate something really quickly here. You know, with a no cut, um, how often? I mean, we just see guys so often make a move. So I just went, went back and looked at last week, and I was just kind of looking at the best players over the course of the weekend, and there are some surprising names in here. I mean, Francesco Molinari was the third best player on the weekend last week. Now he finished T eight, but like imagine buying that on Friday night, right? Uh, Buying that on Friday night, holding on to until the end of the tournament. Uh, Francesco Molinari over the final two rounds was the, was the third best player in the field. Uh, Patrick Rogers was one of the best players in the field. He finished T 12. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate here is this is a long tournament and these guys know they are guaranteed four rounds. There are going to be slow starters. There are going to be, um, guys that are trying to fly up the leaderboard and taking on risks. And, and if you can identify them, that's where I think there's a ton of money to be made. I agree. I think that, um, you know, I try to kind of put myself a little bit in the mindset of kind of what these guys are thinking. And I think the top players are going to play their game no matter what. But this sort of mid-tier guys, and I talked a little bit to Chad about this. You know, it's interesting. So when you're when you're Friday afternoon and you've got five holes to play and you're kind of right above the cut line, you may be playing a little bit more conservative and just trying to make pars this week and just trying to get through the cut line. If you're right under it, you may be playing a little loose and aggressive to try and reach for that versus this week is kind of an interesting dynamic of you can have your strategy and go out there and try and execute the best you can for four straight days and know that it's going to take a lot of birdies and you don't have to necessarily worry about going home with nothing, right? And ended up paying them hotel bills and paying the caddy bills and paying the meals and not earning a single dollar. As soon as they peg the ground this week, they're getting a guaranteed check. So I think it frees them up a little bit to kind of go hunting. Go hunting. That's a perfect way to put it because that's what these guys are going to do over the course of the next four days. And especially, you know, we see this all the time, especially with the bigger names, right? Is, uh, you know, Bryson goes out and and struggles in in round number one, but uh, these guys flip a switch and they're able to figure it out. And if you are a Robert McIntyre, if you are a Sammy Valamak, I mean, you've got nothing to lose here. You're getting your guaranteed 52,000 bucks for showing up or whatever it is. And you can just try to move up, cash those checks and, and go hunting, as you said. Joe. So I think that there is uh, this, this week, this week, more than many, there is a lot of play in the live market. Would you agree? Totally agree. Yeah. So it all comes down to um, just keeping tabs on your app, seeing what these players ask prices are out there for, if you're interested in them. And at the same token, if you see one of your guys who maybe has a really hot putting round, um, and you think that they're at a fair price where you can unload some shares and take a guaranteed profit and then use that money to reinvest in another player who you can see, you know, if their putting stats tend to flip, maybe they skyrocket up the odds board or maybe they have a good weekend like you mentioned with Molinari last week. So a ton of opportunities, ton of different ways to play this out. Um, but yeah, it should be a very interesting week. I think it's the first time. Oh, no, we had Century was a no-cut event, right? Correct. Yeah, so um, just be interested to see how it plays out with the new course and everything that kind of goes along with that. It'll be fun. I'm trying to look at this list and figure out what is the best value. And I mean, there's so there's so many. There's so many. I've I've narrowed it down to three. I think. Um, Well, okay. I'm trying to narrow it down to three. I I think I like that range of Patrick Cantlay at seven dollars and seventy seven cents, who has been one of the hottest 
players on the face of the earth. Um, Terrell Hatton and Tony Finau, that that mid-seven range where, I mean, let's be clear, and you mentioned this earlier, Joe, uh, Finau finishing second sucks for outright tickets. It sucks yeah. for him. It's amazing in the jock market. And 20 and, bucks a share. Yeah. Uh, it's 20 <laughs> bucks a share. It's 20 bucks a share. So that, right. that's where I've kind of identified that. Those are the three that I think I like the most. Would you agree? Or is there somebody else I'm missing here? I think those are very good value. Spot on with that. I think the one with the biggest sort of ceiling in terms of upside is just above them. And it's Rory. Uh, $7.80 for Rory. I don't think it would surprise a single person on the planet if he came out here and won this thing by two strokes back in Florida where he always plays well. Um, He mentioned in his press conference that uh, he feels like the course setup is very similar to the Bears club, which he plays out of. So, look, it's Rory. We know the upside's there. It seems like his irons have been a little bit off. It seems like when they cut to Rory, he's got a 20-footer for birdie instead of a six-footer that we're used to seeing. But he can flip the switch at any time. And just seeing him down there, um, you know, you're basically banking on like a top 15 finish for him in a no-cut event in a shortened field. I feel very, I would feel very good about that if I had shares of Rory. This is a really interesting topic strategy concept to have and michael asks with this value could you offload some positions for a 15 percent profit right now i mean think about this if you're if you're holding patrick Cantlay shares and he is seven dollars and 77 cents don't you think that they're like i would be a buyer of patrick Cantlay at like nine dollars because at nine dollars you're asking him to finish 14th or better so there there almost might be some trades here where like michael for example if he's holding patrick cantlay uh shares right now could lock in like without any risk whatsoever without seeing a single shot be hit uh profit or someone could also say wow there was so much value i'm actually willing to pay more than that even though i missed out on the it's like it's a really interesting dynamic we have right now Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you want to, if you got a guy and you want to list a price out there, list it. There's a price for everything. Um, I think that it really just depends on your strategy and how you want to play this. Like, are you, are you risk averse and do you want to just lock in? Um, how much do you want to win? Right. If you lock in $50 worth of profits right now and not have to play the rest of the week, really, is that, are you cool with that? Or, you know, I'm, you know, me, I'm, I'm here to gamble a little bit. I like the sweat of it a little bit. So I, if it were me and I had shares of Patrick Cantlay, I'd be holding them right now at $7 and 77 cents and feel pretty good about him finishing at 15 plus doubling that number. All right, before we get out of here, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you who the winner is of this golf tournament is going to be. But the the thing that, uh, you know, there's there's so much strategy. There's there's something for everybody in terms of what your bankroll size is. Uh, this is not a concept that ends right now. It's Now it just begins. Phase two begins over the course of the next couple of days. So if you've not taken advantage, use the code POWER20, get your deposit bonus, get your $20. Your $20 deposit bonus would have gotten you two shares or uh, three shares of Patrick Cantlay, essentially. Yeah. Think, about, think about that $20 deposit bonus. So Joe, um, as always, uh, you got to narrow it down to one golfer. You got to give me one name on Sunday evening who hoists the trophy at the workday. It's easy. It's easy, man. It's uh it's the guy that I bet, it's the guy that I have the most shares of, it's the guy that crushes the no-cut events, it's the king himself. Crown him. Justin Thomas wins the event.
Wow. WGC World Golf Championship Workday Championship at the concession. <laughs> uh, we'll go to Justin Thomas this week. But it took an it took an hour and two minutes, but we finally got the full name of the tournament in <laughs> in the episode, which is awesome. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going. So I I've been flipping a coin between Terrell Hatton and Victor Hovland all day long, and I I think it's Hatton. I think he shows up for these type of events. I think he's ready to rock and roll. Um, so I'm excited for it. But either way, Joe, it's going to be awesome. We're going to get some golf. Um, I, I'm looking forward to Listen, we we rarely get new courses on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Rarely. And here we go. A new course. Everybody's at a level playing field, and it's a stacked field, and there's no cut. I like This is, this is going to be a ton of fun. It's great. It's going to be – it's nice for me because I don't have to wait until, like, noon for these guys to tee off over here on the East Coast. So it'll be nice early start times, hopefully. Um, good to see the boys back in Florida. Great to see a new course. Um, thank you guys all for being here while you're here, go down there and hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe to Rick's channel. So you get the notifications when we go live every week at this time for IPO close. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. It goes a long way and it costs you nothing. So I think it's a pretty good deal. Uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at tour picks. You can follow me at Rick run good. This has been the jock market power hour for this week's WGC workday. We'll catch you next time. Peace.